0: Hello and welcome to Hijas Que Hablan, a bi-weekly podcast from four Latinx daughters. So welcome back to Hijas Que Hablan. It's nice to have you all for another episode. Per usual, my name is Maria Jose, but today we have a very special guest here with us. Hi, everyone.
1: Um, My name is Christina Rodriguez. I am the creator and founder of Latinas with Masters and the Latinas with Masters podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. I just want to thank Maria Jose for inviting me um, to her podcast as well. And um, let's see. I am... So I shared I'm the creator and founder of Latinas with Masters. I'm a future doctora in education, so I'm getting my doctorate degree. Um, I know, fancy schmancy, but it's really not. (laughs) It's more like what did I get myself into? But we can talk about that. Um, but, and let's see, I'm a mother of two. Um, I'm a dog mom of a very spoiled Chihuahua that you may hear in the background because I'm (laughs) not paying attention to him. His name is Frijol, by the way. Um, and let's see what else, you know, I'm here to be an amiga, an hermana, a resource, you know, for all things, higher ed, all things, you know, um, literally anything. There is there isn't anything that I'm not willing to share or support. And so I'm, I'm happy to be here.
0: Thank you. And thank you for being here. Um, I love having fellow Latinas who are sort of in academia. So it's nice to have you here. If maybe you want to start by telling us a little bit about like your academic journey. I feel that like a lot of the times, especially like as Latina folks, we think that there's only one right way of entering sort of education. So I like to ask people sort of their journey so that people see how things are different or how people got to where they're at.
1: Absolutely. So I like to share my journey from high school. Um, and there's my dog Bean. So I, I apologize again. Um, <laughs> he's the master of timing, right, of, of the podcast here. Um, but let's see, I graduated from a continuation school Um, and I share that because there's a stigma of, you know, where we come from, from the high school journey, right. And this perception of if you have a GED or if you come from a continuation school, you cannot get advanced degrees in higher education. And I'm here to dismantle that narrative. So I'm a continuation school student. I'm also a community college student. I started, my um, academic journey at a community college at Foothill College. I'm from the Bay Area. Uh, Foothill College is in Los Altos. And then um, I had a couple of gap years, you know, trying to figure myself out. And then I went back to community college and I finished all of my transfer units at city college of San Francisco, where I was able to transfer to San Francisco state university, uh, where I received my bachelor's degree in Latino studies. Um, at the time I wanted to be an immigration attorney. I wanted to be a nonprofit. Um, but I also wanted to learn more about Latino culture identity in general, right? I'm first generation, um, born here in San Francisco. My parents are from Nicaragua. And so I am a daughter of immigrants, right? Very proud. Um, And I can, you know, tell you all things about Nicaragua, but I don't know all the other histories in Central America, Um, so I wanted to, you know, embrace that as well. Um, Then I received my master's degree um, in business and marketing, so I have an MBA uh, from Notre Dame Dinamur University in Belmont, um, also in the Bay Area, predominantly white institution. Um, And then I now I am a doctoral student at Mills College um, in Oakland um, also here in the Bay area. So very proud that all my degrees are from the Bay. Um, as you can see, I rep that a lot. Um, very proud, uh, to be a Bay area native, but, um, but you know, Mills college is very special to me because it's, it opened up a lot of, um, experiences that I had, you know, swept under the rug, a lot of unhealing, you know, that I had, um, for a lot of different experiences and. Um, and you know i I'm, I'm i'm very proud to say that my doctoral journey is my healing journey and it i hope you guys see it from the way that i show up on social media because there's a lot of things that i'm not afraid to say there's a lot of things that you know we're interrogating spaces um but then also i'm also celebrating joy and authenticity you know a lot of things that i was told i was too much of you know um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it there because honestly, like there's there's a lot that I can like I'm gonna start being a Chiona, but
0: it's okay. Um, no. We embrace it. We embrace Chiona, Chismosa, all of the all of the sea energy. So there it's okay. Go. And I feel that like especially since like I don't know. I I love to see how much pride there is, like in your journey and in your story, which I feel like is super important. And this seems to be like one of your passions and one of your passion projects. I love to think about it sort of as like your healing journey because that's the way that I conceptualize sort of my undergraduate degree. I, we're kind of twinsies in the ways that I also was a Latin, like a Latin American studies major in undergrad. So <laughs> it's nice to see sort of those similarities um I want to maybe talk a little bit about like why you decided to pursue like education right you could Mm -hmm. have stopped at sort of community college or you could have stopped sort of at your grad like your undergrad you could have even stopped at your master's right so why the desire to study and to continue studying
1: I love answering this question because I feel like it's different every time, but the same energy (laughs) at the same time. Um, I feel like every step of the way through my through my academic journey, the the purpose is always different. Right. When I was um, an undergrad, it was more about, you know, being the first in my family um you know doing it for my family doing it for myself of course but like really doing it for my family like wow i'm a college graduate right the privilege that i have of being born here and all the sacrifices my parents made so i can have a higher education right um then it was my master's journey was more uh for myself um everything was for myself, but there, I feel like there was always an underline as well. And that one was more for like my immediate family. You know, I was a newlywed, I was a new mom. Um, I was also working in housing and, um, I knew that I needed to have an advanced degree if I wanted to make more money or if I wanted to even be validated in corporate America, which I started to notice at an early age. Right. Um, and so, I you know, decided to get my master's degree for that reason. Um, and then when I decided to go back to school for my doctoral journey, that one definitely was for me. That one was more of like, I didn't want to explain it to anybody why I wanted to go. It was just something that I knew in my heart I wanted to go. Um, and I have an appetite for learning. And I felt like I wasn't satisfied yet with my degrees. I felt like, again, we've always been conditioned to just received this validation from a certain people in society or in the workplace and so at first I went into my doctoral j- journey because yes I wanted that doctor degree of course um I wanted to transition into higher education that I don't have work experience in but I do have experience as a scholar right as a student um, and then Navigating my doctoral journey became my healing journey. Unpacking microaggressions, unpacking unhealed trauma, unpacking toxic workplace environment. I mean, and and I learned it from Black women. My professors were Black women. My colleagues were Black women. Right. And so, um, in my master's program, I was the only Latina in my class. You know, I was in business school. We weren't talking about how I show up as a Latina businesswoman, mm-hmm. right? I was more being taught like how to conform to white supremacy culture, right? Right. These pillars of white supremacy. And I had to learn to perfect that if I wanted to be seen as a professional, my doctoral journey. On the other hand, my education was more of like, you need to unlearn that. You need to unpack that, you know, you need to be authentic. And again, it was a lot. It was a lot that I was just kind of like, I was blown away. I didn't even know how to take that. I was just like, I felt like I've been living under a rock my my entire academic journey. My undergrad was great. City College, SF State, a lot of Latinos. My professors were Latinos. It wasn't that necessarily of that journey, but it was more along the lines of like, I feel like I've been lied to. I've been bamboozled. (laughs) I like saying that word. I've been bamboozled of the history of education you know, um, the fact that we're navigating spaces that weren't built for us. I've never heard of that phrase until I got into my doctoral journey. So again, all of these things that were hitting curriculum, right. Um, it it was a lot, honestly, like to this day, I I couldn't believe that like in my late thirties, I was learning about the history of education or the history of schools, right. It wasn't to embrace Latino or native Americans or black, culture or identities it was quite the opposite you know which gave a name and a definition as to why certain people would tell me I'm too much right I'm too I'm too Latina you're too loud there was a lot of things where you know I was told and and I and I had and I accepted that
0: yeah and I feel that like a lot of people don't understand the ways that even like education is sort of the the vessel that indoctrinates us into white supremacy culture. And it's part of the fact that we don't know those histories, right? And I feel that like similar to you, I my masters is in higher education. So I sort of that's what I'm doing and sort of um hopefully in the fall I'll be starting sort of my doctoral journey too. So I'm excited to see oh, what that brings. Yes. <laughs> So I'm gonna be. I'm going starting there, starting sort of that journey with you. You're a you. baby girl. You're a
1: baby, <laughs> and then you're gonna go into your doctorate yeah. journey. And you're gonna be like, whoa, <laughs> "What the hell?" Like, no, okay, yeah. yeah. It's almost like it's like a new level of adulthood. You know, it's almost like when you become 18 and then you become 21. I definitely feel like that's how like degrees should be kind of handled because you know, and the master's program is two years. It's very like rafla direct, like you can't bullshit. Right. But then like your doctoral, it was more like, okay, you're going to, we're going to, you're going to take your time. We're going to tell you everything, the complete opposite of what you just learned. And then you have to learn how to even manage that or accept that. Or like, how do you, how do you accept and process that information? At least that's how I felt. Like you're giving me this information, and then, what am I supposed to do with it? Like, I became angry, you know, in certain situations because of that.
0: And I feel like that's how I've been in my masters program. Um, I go to a predominantly white institution, and there's not a lot of white people, or in my in my cohort, but they're the they're very loud and they take up a lot of space and all of the faculty are white. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really interesting journey of not only sort of learning what you said, right, that higher education, education in general was not built with us in mind, right? It was built for white men, um, white men of a certain status in society, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's not only been sort of that learning journey that you're talking about, but it's also been a journey where it's just like, how do then we talk to white people about this and make sure that they're also taking a step or taking action because they like to to fall back into their white fragility, you know. And mm-hmm. that in itself is like so exhausting. It is. So for you is that something that you've encountered in your education or what kinds of things have made sort of your education maybe a little tiring or a little bit like dang. Eh. Mm-hmm. This, Mm -hmm. this is something that I'm like, if I could get rid of it, I would.
1: Yeah. It's my doctoral journey. You know, I, I mean, even with what I experienced as a doctoral student, I went through a merger, you know, Mills college, having such a strong social justice, you know, um, history, in the Bay Area, in Oakland, like I picked Mills College for a reason. I I looked at the faculty of color. I looked if there was, you know, students of color, like it was very intentional why I picked Mills College. Right. And it was almost like taken away from me, you know, and I had to fight, you know, for to continue my educational studies. Right. To not be another statistic as to another Latina, another woman of color entering an advanced professional program and not graduating, you know? And that is something that the new institution holds power in, you know? So my doctoral cohort wrote a letter to the provost and was like, hey, I'm not taking more classes. You know, I don't care if it's free, you know, that is time, that is energy, you know, away from my kids as a mother. Um, I I felt very strongly about that. And I was, that was a non-negotiable for me. Um, I also contacted other institutions to say, Hey, can I transfer? And they were like, no, you can't. We're not accepting doctoral transfer students because there is no pathway to that. Um, I cried a lot at night. It kept me up at night. I had conversations with my spouse about it. Should I drop out? But everything inside me, everything that I experienced, you know, rather rather in corporate America, rather as little Cristinita in elementary school, I've always been a fighter. And so that is something that I had to like remind myself, like I don't give up, you know? And, And I almost felt like my education was, and my doctoral education, it was almost like it wasn't taken seriously. And so... I used my tuition dollars at work. I used my education knowledge at work and I put that to use to fight for mine and our cohorts education. It was a collective effort. I'm not saying that I'm taking all the credit for it, but I let it be known that I was unhappy, you know? So I would show up to the zoom meetings. I will show up to these town halls. There wasn't enough town halls I wanted in writing. Like there was a lot of things that what, we normalize in corporate America of being professional. Okay. Well then I'm a professional student and this is how I want you to communicate with me now. You know, it was exhausting girl. Like hearing you say like, Oh, we're going to dismantle. I was like, girl, we are going to dismantle. Like I was like, like, you know, frustrated. and, 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 and there was a time where people looked at me as being problematic. And that gave me confirmation that what I was doing was in the right entrance of us as students, as students of color, the fact that you're not even seeing a problem with what I am saying. These are all facts at this point. This is evidence-based data, which you, academia, like to validate. So I'm using the same terminology that you taught me to use. And I will definitely try to dismantle the, you know the master's house with the master tools that were given to me because you know it it was that was right there like you definitely like provided a trigger word that was the part <laughs> where I felt and not in a good way that was a time where I felt exhausted I was emotionally exhausted you know and I want to say I even mentioned it like on my Latinas with master's page where. I was just reflecting on these IG reels and these pictures. And I was literally just looking at myself reflecting. I was depressed that day. I was pissed as hell that day, that day I was happy that day. I cried that day, this, that day I got fired. This day I got laid off this day. I was told I was being, you know, I was showing up, you know, I was building low morale for employees. Like I've been through hell of shit, girl, the last two years, you know, and, and, Prior to my doctoral journey, I probably would have swept it under the rug, or I would have been like, "Oh, this is life. This is corporate America. They're looking out for me." Now I'm calling things out in real time. Like, nope, negative. Up, oh, that's a microaggression. Up, oh, I don't like your tone in that email. I'm taking care of myself, and I have boundaries now. That as a Latina, and even as a scholar, and even as a professional, we're not told to prioritize. Mhm. Mhm. I was able to name it, right? I, it's like it's like I know what I was feeling, what I was experiencing, I just couldn't name it because girl, business school is not telling me this, right? And my undergrad, it was more about like our parents migrating here and learning about, you know, like indigenous cultures and Afro-Latinidad, like all that, that I absolutely love. It was a different, you know, perspective, a different storytelling, right? It was embracing our, our Latino roots, right? But then this doctoral journey over here was like, whoa, like, and, and in hearing it from other professionals that look like me, other doctoras and doctores, or not even that, the community, you know, the people that they surveyed that were Central American, that were first generation, that were Salvadorian, that were Mexicano, that were Chicano, like the list goes on and on. We all have shared identities, right? Shared experiences. And so I was able to honestly like embrace that and like really unpack that, you know, from an academic sense and then relate it to just how it show up in general, right?
0: Right. So, thinking about that, right? I think there's a lot of power with sort of just calling things how they are, but also this idea that you talked about sort of the collective or the community, right? And I feel that that's a little bit or I don't know, I'm not trying to put words on you, but what are the reasons then that you started sort of your Instagram page, Latinas with Masters? Is that part of it? Is there more to it? Because um, I feel that like that in itself is also a very powerful space that you've created, not only for yourself, but for other Latinas who are navigating through this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it definitely was individual, individualism, but also collective in a way, right? Individualism in a way where I wanted to share my academic journey, I wanted to Provide in real time my doctoral journey, right? But it really came down to like, what did I not have during graduate school? And that was a sense of belonging, right? Being the only Latina in the class. There was one other Latina, and I know I'm going to sound repetitive because you can hear this in every podcast and like everything on my page, but literally there was like one Latina, like that's Guatemalteca, that like walked into one of my classes and I was like, in my head, we're best friends. Like, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, I'm going to sit by you. Like, I don't know. I was just like, I knew that she was Latina like me, right? Um, and so then I started thinking about that, and I was, you know, talking to my husband, and I was like, I want to create this account where I want to share because clearly I know how I I know how to get into graduate school, so let me share what the process is on how to get to graduate school because we definitely need to have more you know, Latina, Latinx, women of color representation in graduate school. I mean, that is a fact. The fact that I think at the time when I looked it up, it was like 2% of Latinas having graduate degrees or master's degrees specifically. I was like, that is crazy. I did not know that statistic getting a master's degree. Right. So let me create awareness on this. And so then, um, I created the Instagram account was for that. Like, let me share people who have master's degrees. Um, through an Instagram post for those that want to share their journey. Let me share my experience. You know, let me highlight maybe celebrities that you look up to like even Longoria who has a master's degree, like people that we didn't know that have degrees. Right. Um, And then that authentically, like you said, that collective space, that community, it cultivated authentically by itself. And then that was a pillar of undergrads stating wow i you know i want to get my master's degree and i didn't know the process and you know your page helped me kind of decide or at least start a conversation of me getting my master's degree then there was then there was this other pillar of like i'm a current graduate student and i don't feel a sense of belonging and i am the only latina in my class or in my cohort or my professors don't look like me or whatever it is right And your page is giving me that motivation and it's giving me that connection of other Latinas that look like me, that are in social work, that are in medicine, that are in healthcare, you know, where I'm having similar experiences. And then there's this other group where, you know, I fall into, but then also fall into like the middle one of being a graduate student, which is the last one that I like to share is where the hell were you when I was in graduate school? (laughs) (laughs) Like I, you know, my God, I had this experience and it was so traumatic or I had a great experience. And I also want to share this program with people. Right. But at the end of the day, it was like, where was a community like this when I was going to graduate school? Because I feel like it would have helped me, you know, in in a particular way. Right. And so that's why I always say like Latinas with masters, like it's not just about getting a degree it's a community beyond academia because these same women these same latinas are like and how can I help? And how can I share my journey? And how can I help someone provide upward mobility in healthcare or getting an internship being a social worker or whatever it is cuz we all have different journeys, right? We all have different like um criteria that we need to meet to graduate. And so I really listen to the audience. I really listen to like the content that needs to be created and I'm not afraid to have these conversations because these are real life experiences, these are validated experiences. And if academia doesn't want to like own it and claim it, then I'm going to claim it on my page and there's no one that I need to ask permission for. There's no one to tell me that I can and cannot do it. And I ask permission for people who want to share it of course, but what I'm saying is I'm not conforming to any one standard. And I also understand that my page may not be for everyone and that's okay too. I'm not here again to, you know, get your approval because my whole life I've been, I've, I've been asking for approval for people that I shouldn't really be focusing on my energy on, you know, my focus is my kids, My focus is my spouse. My focus, is my immediate family. And my focus is also my Latinas with Masters community, you know, to make you feel like you belong, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I feel like that's so important and I fall somewhere in the last two pillars too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that when I came across your page, it was also a time when, a lot of shit was going down with my cohort. People were talking about my TikToks because I talked about my experience sort of on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that it was like distant enough from my real life that I was like, nobody's going to find me, but I'll be able to create sort of a digital community like you. And it got a little overwhelming because people were just like, oh, let's talk about Maria Jose's social media presence. And I'm like, but let's talk about your behavior that I'm talking about in the TikTok. Like, that's what's mm-hmm. important. Like, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the root of sort of these issues, right? So I think it's like super and during that time is when sort of I came across your page and I was like yeah see there's other people out here like me that are going through similar Mm -hmm. shit and it was not it wasn't nice to be like dang we're all going through it but it was nice to know that I wasn't going through it alone you know so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thank you sort of for that and we talked a little bit about maybe, like, community, but as you were going through all of this, what was your family support? What did that look like? Like, was your family really big on education, or what does that sort of side look like? I feel like that's Uh an important piece, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, my parents have always been supportive of my you know, pursuit of an education, you know, for the fact that, you know, my parents are educated. I mean, they have like a high school diploma. They were educated in Nicaragua. But, you know, unfortunately, in the United States, that's not validated. Right. Um, and so, you know, my mom grew up being a housekeeper and my dad grew up being a maintenance supervisor, you know, and so very, you know, hard labor intensive work. And so then that's what was very important to me was because I know my parents had to have these conversations with employers or were other people that didn't validate just them being educated, you know, or them just existing as a human being, you know, and putting a value to their worth. And so... Um, that's why education was important to me. And I've always heard that like, oh, you have to get an education. You have to get a degree. Americana, Like, you know, like my parents were like throwing my privilege in my face because of how they were treated. Right. Um, and you know, my, my immediate family, my sister has a master's degree too. We actually graduated on the same day. We went to the same school. She is a, um, licensed marriage family therapist. Um, and my brother, you know, he, you know, came here when he was two years old, and you know, got cut up in, in the wrong crowd, and didn't graduate high school until later on in life, and got his his GED. And he's very supportive. He's just like, "Hey, Chris, you should start a page Latinos with GEDs." Like, "What's up with that?" Like, "I got a diploma," and I'm like, "You know what? You're right. We should celebrate that because at one point he was a statistic of not graduating, and then he did graduate. You know, so it's things like that." Um, I also feel like as you climb the ladder of education, you sometimes lose support from family members that you were once close with. And I feel like that's kind of what I'm experiencing right now. I don't know the answer to that. I haven't had really conversations with people, um, within my family. Um, I just know how it feels like, and it feels like I'm not being supported. And so it's unfortunate, you know, because here I have this community, I have this page, I'm here helping people that I don't know, you know, that feel safe and comfortable reaching out to me, you know, and sometimes, you know, um, certain family members may see that in a different perspective, you know, rather they see it as, you know, I I, I can't really say exactly, you know, what it is. I'm just assuming at this point, but again, I know that I feel abandoned. I know I feel not supported. I know I feel, um, you know, that I am navigating the space by myself, you know, where once I had a whole, you know, group of people behind me and I feel like it's a selective few, you know, And I think part of that is because of me healing, you know, uh, a a part of me also creating boundaries, right. It's just, it's, it's a lot of that too, that, um, and I, I'm a firm believer that the right people will, you know, that are here with me now are the ones that are supposed to be with me, you know, and I also own that too. You know, if, if you've been with me through the good and the bad, then you're meant to be here. But if you're only with me for the good and not for the bad, then you know it 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 gives me a right to question our our relationship, regardless if we're family or not.
0: Yeah, I feel that I, that was going to be my next question. you. like, I don't have an answer to that. The how do we navigate that, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel that like. For me, I've gone back and forth. I'm from Dallas. So I went to undergrad in Los Angeles. I came back home to Dallas. And now like I'm potentially going to Rutgers in the fall. So there's been a lot of movement. And so instead of maybe, and so like family has also been a thing that hasn't been as present. Like I grew up with my, like a group of cousins because only me and my sister, me and my sister are six years apart but me and my cousins are not as close. So mm. when you're navigating sort of that, what type of, I think it's hard to sort of create community. So I don't know if you can talk about the ways that you created maybe community outside of Latinas with Masters, um, like maybe like at your school or within your cohort, like why, how have you created community there?
1: Yeah, I created community through... Um... I'm a very people person. I'm very personable, you know? And so I felt like creating community for me wasn't hard. It came naturally. It came authentically. I'm not faking it. I don't want it to be fake either. And that's why I say like, if I may not be for you and and I'm okay with that before I was like a people pleaser before I used to be like, but why I never did anything to you? Like, why don't you not like me now? I'm just kind of like, I'm, I own my presence. I own my authenticity. And I'm just like, okay, that's cool. Like I'm going to, I'm an adult and, and we all have choices and we all have in our opinions and I'm not here to please you, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you're not here to please me either. And so, um, but that's why like building community to me is everything because again, it's something that academia and like these int- institutions have the power to do. And for, for whatever reason, you know, clearly it's not there. Right. Again, I don't know the answer, but, I'm willing to find out and I'm willing to use my academic experience, my journey, but then also ask other students like you, like people within the community, like what does sense of belonging look like you? Like, what do you need to learn more about or know about? You know, I don't claim I know all the answers, but I will damn well find, try to find it for you. You know, I, I just want to show up as someone that I wish I had, you know, during graduate school. And, and even that, like, if you don't even have that as a, as, as a prima, as an hermana, like, I'm here to be that too, you know, like, family is not just blood related, you know, you create also family connections. And I feel like I, the Latinas with Masters community really allowed me to reevaluate my relationships with people. And I also value the friendship relationships even stronger because of
0: that. Fair, thank you for sharing. I feel that it's a big part, right? I feel like mm-hmm. community is sort of what keeps us in the space, and not becoming the folks that start and don't finish, right? Not that mm-hmm. there's a issue with that, but I'm like more of us need to be making it to that diploma, right? Correct. Because you're right to say that we are so underrepresented. The last time I looked, or the last time I checked, we made up like. of master's and, like, Mm -hmm. 1% of PhD students, right? Mm -hmm. So to think about those statistics, especially considering how big the Latina community is in the United States, like, to me, that's wild, right? And so maybe sharing a little bit more, like, about the maybe the good parts, right? We talked about maybe a little bit some of the not-so-great, right, all the shit that we have to go through navigating sort of higher education, but maybe if you could share maybe what have been some of your proudest moments navigating academia or even just your doctoral program, whatever you want to share.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I feel definitely number one to me is representation, right? The fact that I can be someone's visual and tangible representation of them connecting with me with whatever I share, being a mother, being first gen, having food and housing and security, you know losing my job, honestly, like whatever I share on there, you know, I'm being vulnerable. It's a safe space for me, just like it's a space, safe space for you. Um, and so I want to, you know, be that person and have conversations that were sometimes, you know, it's, it's a challenge to have a conversation for whatever reason. Right. Um, I also feel that the way I show up for my kids, it's beautiful, right? It's, it's again, because I'm healing, I'm able to show up differently for my kids. Um, and I'm also learning. My kids are teaching me every day how to be a mother. They're showing me how to be, um, accepting and understanding, um, very different from how I was raised. Right. And, and not to like shame my parents, but like, you know, it's, it's learned behavior, you know, I'm sure they have trauma they need to unpack too, but like, how do you know what you don't know, you know? So I'm using what I do know, And using it for the better good of bringing, you know, my knowledge to Latinas with masters, um, bringing my knowledge to how I raise my kids, you know, and um, another thing uh, would be, you know, um, all the connections I've made, you know, through Latinas with masters, you know, now you're part of my squad, you know, you guys can't get rid of me. (laughs) And I always say that to people like you guys can't get rid of me now. Like we're BFFs, like, fuck that, (laughs) you know, but um, and I say that genuinely because I wouldn't, like I said, I don't like having, um, unauthentic interactions. And if I'm not for you, okay, cool. Then, then tell me that, you know, and I'm not saying like, call me out, you know, let's have like a negative interaction, you know, but sometimes it's through body language. Sometimes it's through language. Like I'm very big on energy. And if I'm not feeling your energy, if I feel like, okay, uh, you're not feeling me, I catch on to that and I move on, you know? Um, And so it's things like that, you know, but yeah, I love all the connections that I've made with people. I think it's beautiful that we're able to have, you know, these conversations and then also these friendships, you know, through an online community and then meet each other in real life, which I'm constantly doing, you know, at conferences, you know, or just running into each other at the store or just through the podcast. Like I just, I just love how authentically everything is, is, is showing up.
0: I love that because, like, I feel that it's so nice to sit with people who are sort of like minded in that way. Every time I interview somebody, I'm just like, "You're part of my network." Like, you you are now added sort of in this like network of comadres that you know is something that like I value a lot. Right when I think about sort of the teachings of like a lot of Chicana feminists that I read, like. Comadrerismo is something that is at the core like we are comadres like we are community and that's something that I am very thankful that you're also like yeah that's something that I believe in because it's so nice to see the ways that even though that we're not might not be like physically present in each other's lives that through this sort of like virtual connection like we're making like genuine connections with people because it's so important especially like nowadays COVID sort of you know made a lot of things very, very differently, but I feel that, like, because of things like social media, we've still been able to create community with each other, which is, like, super, super important, um, and I know we're coming up a little bit on time, so I have maybe, like, two more questions, um, and one of them would be, like, What is some advice that you have for fellow Latinas or Latina folks who want to embark on this journey of higher education? Like, what would you say to them? And I know you speak to us often on Instagram, (laughs) but sort of what would you say?
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I feel like I would say, um, you know, know your purpose, why you're getting, you know, your advanced degree and i would also say that if you embark on this journey and then you feel like it's not for you that is okay too i wanted to drop out hella times trust me you know and i had pivotal moments that have allowed me to reinvest in myself you know um and and i also want to embrace that too you know i know a lot of people that started their masters journey their undergrad journey their doctoral journey then decided you know what i'm just going to focus on you know um my profession because my profession is giving me, you know, these opportunities, these promotions, you know, this expertise and I'm getting upward mobility opportunities that I probably would not have if I'm still in school because I do have to invest in my school and sometimes we have to pivot and sometimes we have to choose and that is okay. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm saying that that is also okay because education is an investment and there will be challenges and there will be joy at the same time, you know, and you have to find, you know, a happy medium on how to manage that. Um, but I also don't want to like, I want to embrace also, like, don't let that validate you. Cause I don't think it's anything wrong of you wanting to get an education and then deciding it's not for you or, or something comes up and you're not able to, to finish it right now, but you know, later on down the line, you might want to do that. That's okay. You know, it's your journey there. It's a marathon. There is no time frame. There is no timeline. There is no perfect journey as you, as you hear, you know, I'm going to have the same degree as somebody who transferred from high school with a high SAT score into a four-year university. I'm going to have the same degree, you know, graduating from a continuation school. And so, um, So, yeah, I want want to give the advice of, like, embrace your own journey, embrace your own purpose, and I feel that it will come naturally to you, you know? You're going to have your own pivot or your own aha moment, and then you'll know that you are doing the right thing.
0: I love that. And sort of my last question is, what are your hopes? Like, what are your hopes for maybe, like, the next year, the next five years? Like, what is sort of next for you in your journey, whether it's, you know, sort of in your doctoral program or even with um Latinas, with masters? Like, what's mm-hmm. next?
1: Um, Definitely graduating because <laughs> I'm dissertating right now. I'm trying to write my paper. So if I can find time to like, honestly, write, I think that would be like gold. Um, I want to take Latinos and masters to the next level. I think I've, I've, there's, there's no perfect, right. There's no, you know, being perfect, but I want to say that I've like perfected being on social media. Like I know how to be on social media. I want to learn how to be more like in the media, you know, like being more, um, having more represent representation through the media lens. Um, I also would like to, you know, have more publications, you know, Um, again, owning our stories, you know, being the storyteller, having those counter narratives, um, validating other people's experiences, like everything that we've experienced growing up as a Latino culture and identity through our language, through the way we show up. You know, I want to embrace those and preserve those, you know, for our kids, for our future generation leaders. Right. So I'm thinking big with Latinas with masters. I feel like there is no, you know, just an Instagram account. You know, I don't see it that way, even though it may have started that way. You have to start somewhere. I see as in like, yeah, I want to be on TV. I want to try acting. I want to try being a, you know, being on the radio. I want to try, you know, writing a book. Like, why not? Like, and, and I think it was, um, I want to say it was, um, ASAP Rocky, right. Rihanna's boo. Um, I I shared, I shared a video that he said, like, since when have you, and I'm like paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what he said, but the message was basically was like, since when has it been such like a negative thing to just try, you know what I'm saying? Like try to get an education, try to become an actor, try to write a book try to write music, try whatever it is. Like since when has, has it been such a bad thing to try something new? And so that forever, like, like just was in, it's engraved in my mind. Like, yeah, I'm going to try. Why not? It, maybe it wasn't in my, like in my radar, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago or even yesterday, but it's on my radar today. And so why not, why not try, why not add that to like my bucket list, you know? I wanted to interview Prisca. I didn't know that I was going to have the opportunity to do so. So I tried. I just emailed. She said yes. Now I checked off that bucket list. You know, like there's a lot of things that people want to do. And I really feel like you just got to try. You just got to do it. Like don't overthink it. Just do it. And then, like I said, learn how to pivot and then learn to kind of decide what the next steps are for you.
0: I love that. And I love that because I also when I think about trying Prisca comes to mind where she wrote this book where she wasn't sure if it was gonna be successful. Mm-hmm. And I feel that like so many people have resonated to her book and I, it's so beautiful that you bring that up because I feel that a lot of the times like fear keep a, keeps us from trying mm-hmm. like we're caught up in this idea of, like it has to be perfect or it has to be this or it has to be that and then we never do anything because we're like, oh, if it's not the perfect situation like I'm not gonna mm-hmm. try or I'm not even I'm not even gonna go there. so I think that that's such an important reminder and we're excited to see um I know this is also like a like a a hard question for you mm-hmm. since you're dissertating um or i don't know it could be it, other of my friends are like don't ask me about my dissertation but do you want to tell us about your dissertation like if what it's about like what are you doing with it if it's a lot if it's a big question we can skip it <laughs> it can be a lot for a lot of other people
1: <laughs> no yeah no this is practice for my elevator pitch right yes. it's like how do you describe your dissertation topic you know um My dissertation. So I originally when I got into my doctoral program, I originally thought that I was going to write about housing insecurity for college students because I, you know, worked in housing for 15 years. I consider myself a housing professional because I do have that expertise um, and knowledge base, right, of housing policies and procedures and so forth. Right. But then it again, authentically, naturally, just listening to my body, listening to my mindset, listening to my intuition of you know, I have something here with Latinas with masters. Right. And so, um, my dissertation, will talk about, you know, cultivating, you know, cultural belonging of Latinas in graduate school through the lens of the Latinas with masters community, through the lens of podcasting, right. Using, uh, critical media literacy. Um, you know, I, I, I encourage you that if you want to get into media or you want to learn about like, creating your instagram community or how do i show up online or how do i create this community i recommend you looking up critical media literacy because there are people out there that are using you know this this lens of you know whatever your purpose is, and so um, I'm still unpacking that. I don't know all the answers to that because I'm still, like you said, dissertating and learning and researching of what that looks like. And when you're dissertating, you go into a rabbit hole <laughs> of, um, which is why I'm like, yeah, I want to do publishing. I want to do media. I want to do this. Like, why not? Because I'm reading literature that literally does that. That shows up like that. And so, um, so yeah, that that's what it's about. That's why I want to take. Latinas with masters to the new level. That's why, you know, um, I'm, I'm using my tuition dollars, um, in my doctoral program to give me that knowledge base of how do I get there? How do I do that? And I'm not afraid to ask girl, like I will reach out to influencers, actors, producers. Like I'm, I'm listen, I, I was given a voice and a mouthpiece for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I got to use it. And so I'm not, I'm not afraid to ask. Honestly, like, I'm not afraid. That's one thing I don't, I don't have fear of, you know, of, is of asking or, or learning or, Hey, how did you get there? How did you do that? Like, you know, all they can say is no. And I'm like, okay. And that gives me feel to my fire to be like, I'm gonna find out. And then you're going to be like, Oh, I re- remember when you used to like, Oh yeah. I remember when you said no, <laughs> I remember when you didn't support me. I mean, own it own your shit, right? Own own your behavior. And so that that's why I'm always about giving people opportunities. And because I know how it is to be said no, I know how it is when you don't have that support. So
0: it's hard, but I love that. I love that. Um, sort of that's what your dissertation is. I love that. That's sort of the route that you're going to so for all of our listeners out there where can we follow you where can we keep up with this where can we join sort of this community that you've been talking about on the podcast
1: yeah so you can follow me on all social media platforms at latinas with masters i'm on twitter i'm on instagram i'm on facebook i'm on linkedin i got off on tiktok girl like listen I don't know. This whole talk about TikTok, I'm like, listen, I don't got time for politics and that matters. So I got off it. That's probably the only thing I'm I'm fear of. <laughs> I'm fearful more. Um, let's see, uh, Latinaswithmasters.com, of course. You can reach out to me on the website um, and um, Latinas with Masters podcast. You can definitely listen and subscribe and like and give me your feedback. But you know, you don't have to have a master's degree to follow Latinas with Masters. You know, this is a community. I share all types of content, information. Um, and, you know, I'm here to, to be a support and, um, a collective community for everybody, but also, um, you know, I'm all about connecting and again, embracing and preserving, you know, our Latinx culture. So however, we're able to show up in that space, you know, I'm all for it.
0: Uh, I love that. And so I'll link all of your information in the description of the episode so everybody can follow you. And our listeners also know what to do. Find us at Ihaske, at the Ihaske Hablan podcast on everything as well. And thank you for sort of sitting and having this conversation with me. I know it was very brief on all of the things that we can <laughs> talk about in sort of higher education, education, and as a whole. Mm-hmm. But thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey and a little bit about, like, the messaging behind Latinas with Masters. I really appreciated it.
1: No, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much.
0: I'm like, thank you. And to our followers, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Peace out.
1: Bye.